Bible Church. Mahalo. Who said summer's over? It's good to see you this morning. Good to see you. I think they just hurt my one feeling. That was like a zero response. I'm not even going to give you a second chance on that one. Hey, uh, I really want to thank, before we go anywhere, I really want to thank Bryce, uh, not Bryce, Nick McDuffie for last week uh, for helping us find out that we have another preacher. So we might have to offer him a job and I might have to go start selling used cars or something. I don't know. I was, I was really happy with uh, what he did last week. With Second John in our series of the John books, Minus the big gospel of John. Um, but thanks to him, and I uh, really appreciate it. And uh, except for the comments about me being old, <laughs> we'll take those back. If you didn't see that, you can catch it on the podcast or on the YouTube station, which I would encourage you, if you ever miss, uh, it's good to go catch those things. Because we are Rock Bible Church, Christ-centered, biblically-based compelling casual community and we do books chapter at a time in progression the way where they were writ and posed to be read so uh we like to follow the progression of thought and logic and story and the whole thing so if you miss something go back and and check it out Uh, and then help us because we're trying to compel ourselves and others to christ in casual ways that welcome all to worship and be a community that serves the greater community, even if it means being in a parade in your pajamas. I figure if I'm going to be in a parade, I should be comfortable. So um, if you'd like to join me, I would like you to also. Yeah. So um, there was one other thing that I forgot. And when I remember, I'll mention it. Instead, we're going to jump into... Uh, Third John. This is the third letter that uh, John writes, and uh, we're going to have a little fun with it. He's writing to his buddy Gaius. Some like to say Gaius. I like to say Gaius. Um, tomato, tomato. I never met him, so he didn't tell me how to pronounce it. But uh, we're going to get into that. But first, let's pray. Lord, thank you for what we get to sing about every week and the truths in what we sing because of who you are, what you've done, what you do, what you've yet to do. Pray that we would see more and more all of those types of things. Uh, Be with us this morning. Stir our hearts and our minds, both. And may you bless this passage, bless this time, bless what we think and say about it. And then, Lord, uh, show us how to apply it, do it. Uh, Walk out of here a little more like you. And so we pray this in your glorious Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. I am very excited this morning because... I tripped over something this week, and it was very exciting in the passage. We're going to get to it. 
it had it it has opened just a little bit of oh wow for me that's what it opened oh wow and i had to i had to get it out of third john anybody read third john before be honest a couple how many of you are very excited because no idea and scott's going to cover it Amen. All right, here we go. Let's jump in uh, to the elder, the beloved Gaius. Okay, say it however you want to say it. Grumpy people. Um, whom I love in truth. Uh, our first two letters, John has talked tremendously about love and about truth. Uh, over and over, uh, he talks about walking in the truth and, and the idea that we're supposed to love. And he, he goes over it, repeats it many, many times. In fact, one of the chapters, I think we counted out how many times he used the word love. And it was, well, it was more than I had fingers and toes for. So I stopped counting. Um, why, does he, why does he keep writing to people? Because he felt bad because Paul had all these letters and he was falling behind. Was that it? Paul was getting all the attention? Why, why is he, um, this is a trick question, by the way. Why does he keep writing these letters? Okay. There are issues, right? More important than the issues are the peepholes, right? There's people. John cares about people. I love that what he's about to talk about, he is exemplifying in his writing. He wants them to understand. And maybe we're going to explain things and make them smarter. Maybe he's going to encourage them. Maybe he's going to cast out some things that are false. Whatever it is, what he's really doing is he's relating. He's, he's trying to be good to people. Sound like a good endeavor for the church? Yes. yes. Uh, Gaius is one of those. He apparently loves him and truthfully loves him and wants to make sure that both of those things are clear. And he's writing to this church. It's uh, well believed that Gaius was an elder at this church that he's writing to. And we're not going to get into whether it was the same church as last week or not because we have enough problems at this church follow me on that one okay uh, beloved verse 2 i pray that all may go well with you that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul he says i uh, i want you to have a good experience i want it to go well with you and i want you to be healthy why because that's how your soul does well be good be healthy, have good experiences, and you'll do well. Does it sound a little basic? Okay, this is a premise. Now he's going to get into the how-to, okay? For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. That's one of John's favorite phrases. He uses it in all three books, I believe. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth, right? So he's happy. They're doing something right. 
Let's find out what it is. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. So apparently, some other Christians came through. This church helped them. People heard about it. Good, good, and good. All right. How do we do that? You do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, here's the how-to. Okay, now we've got our premise. Therefore, we ought to support people like these. What are we supposed to do as Christians? According to that, we're supposed to be supportive. Right? Which begs the question, who do you support? Well, I have three kids in college. and No, I had a way beyond forking out a little cash. Like Support, it sounds so technical. Like, what's another way to say support that would be warmer? Encourage, love, starts with the B. Blessing, right? There's an idea. How do you... How do you bless them? How do you support them in such a way that they feel blessed and supported? Now, could that be different for each person depending on who you're trying to bless or support? Okay, good. It says support them. Uh, that we may be fellow workers. Fellow workers. Hmm. What did we just do to you? We just made you a team player. Team sounds like sports, sounds like fun. The phrase he used is a little darker than fun team sports. What were you just made? Team player or a cooperative participating Oh, you just you just got the title of worker. Right? Um, so are we supposed to work? I loved last week, Nick McDuffie stood up there and said to every man, you have to be serving in some way in the church. I challenge every one of you. I was like, ooh, I like this guy. I'm going to his church, right? We're supposed to get work done, and we're supposed to bless and support others that are working with us rather than uh, making it harder for them. Um, have you noticed that we like to take people who are accomplishing things and we make it more difficult for them. We put stumbling blocks in front of them. We critique them. We ignore them. We take resources from them. Why do we do that? Because we want to bless and support ourselves. Us. Right? Self-ish. Right? He says, hey, um, they're not trying to accept from Gentiles. We're going to support them because they're fellow workers for the truth. Who's the truth? Right? John uh, in his gospel says, uh, quoting Jesus, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Right? Uh, Nick quoted that for you last week. I've written something to the church, but anybody want to try that one? Diotrephes, Diotrephes, 
die, O Trephus. That's what I'm going to go with. Uh, who likes to put himself first. Ooh, he's giving you a, a contrast example. Um, but Dio Trephus does not acknowledge our authority. Ooh. What, what's implied there that we're supposed to do as Christians? Dio Trephus, Trephus messed it up. He was supposed to and he didn't. But we know we're supposed to. What is the post to in that phrase? Acknowledge authority? Okay. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. I feel like we should be saying that in a nice Boston accent. He's talking wicked nonsense. Right? And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers, also stops those who want to, and puts them out of the church. Whoa, that, that's so bad. Are we supposed to be um, killing the church, shrinking the church, diminishing the church? Are we supposed to be building the church? Here's, here's the thing. This is like an obvious um, example. The subtle ones are the painful ones, though. When we do things to our comfort level, to our preference, to our expectation, where it makes it a little awkward or different for someone else to where now they don't want to be involved and now they're gone. Not anywhere close to what Diotrephus is doing, but we do it in subtle ways. You know, if the band would just, you know, Scott never. Have the elders ever, did you hear that one lady? What are you doing? How about we walk into church and be like, I'm so glad I get to be here and they haven't kicked me out yet. <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> I'm so amazed that you guys still show up and let me preach. <laughs> I love that. How do we enjoy what we're doing, but do it in such a way where we're reading the room? We're aware of how our actions affect those around us? That's really the general that John's getting at. The diatrephes is missed. Uh, he's on his own agenda. Right? How's the, um, how's the marriage work when the individuals are focused on their own agenda? It does not work. You sound like you know that from experience. <laughs> Careful, Scott. Doug's giving me the look like I'm about to get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Back off, Bourbon. Um, so watch this. Verse 11, and uh, we're going to run with this one. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Is that as about as simple a statement as it gets? Right? Hey, stop doing bad stuff and start doing good stuff. Be good, not bad. Okay. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil is from the devil. Isn't that what it's supposed to uh, We go off of origin and we go to experience. We went from good comes from God, but then evil means you've yet to see him. I love when we take the devil out of the equation because he carries so little weight. He's really actually a thin guy, right? 
Um, he has no weight. He has no power. In fact, if you're off, it's off because of your lack of God rather than there's something wrong with you or there's some power or force outside of you. I love that. Why do you love that? Or why do you think I love that? I don't know, Scott. I like it when you ask the questions where I could just say, Jesus, you know. You, you have a choice in this one. If it's, well, you've yet to see God, then what can you choose? You can start talking to him. You start reading his stuff. You can start getting around people who do. Uh, what I love about this is um, the devil can't make me do anything. Because if I choose God, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Okay, so there's no force or power outside of me that can control me, which is great for me. This is why I love it, because I am defiant. If you try to control me or tell me I can't, then I will start a church exactly where you told me I can't. I just remembered what I was supposed to talk about this morning before the sermon. Um, thank you for letting me be gone last week. Nick was here because I was up there. Uh, north of Santa Rosa did a men's retreat for Bethel Baptist Church, one of the churches in our Costa Mesa Baptist Association. Uh, had a great time. And got to do uh, four lessons with guys and talk about guy stuff. Um, and it's crazy what happens when you go to something like that and guys show up because they want to choose God, see God, connect with God. And now we're talking through things like, I'm thinking about changing my job. I just moved from so-and-so and I'm trying to find a place. I'm going through third divorce. I'm trying to figure out what to do with my adult kid who's over there and should be over here. Uh, it was great. It was wonderful. Really, Scott? Because those all sounded heavy and uh, bad and dark. Yeah, well, why would I say it was wonderful then? Because we're working on it. And I made it clear I have no answers. <laughs> Why'd I do that? Because it's true. <laughs> and if I have no answers and it's true and they know it, then they will look for, see God, hopefully. And that's the only way progress gets made. Amen? John's onto that. He's got it figured out. So look, do good, skip bad which the, um, the college way to say that is do God, skip evil. You got that? Get out your outlines. Look on the back. It says, 3 John. We're missing a chapter reference on this because 3 John is only one chapter. It's, the whole book is one chapter, it's one letter. It's very efficient. I love that about John, too. Um, it says, 3 John, truth and love in your... What was that? That was your title from last week, wasn't it? Truth and love in your... Right? On the top of your outline under 3 John, what's it say? 
imitating good. Look at this, verse 11. Do not imitate evil, but imitate good. I love this. This is that thing I was telling you about earlier that I stumbled. I tripped over something and fell. Scuffed my intellectual knee. Bumped my theological brain. And said, shouldn't it say, don't do evil, but do good? Instead, there's this big fat letter with lots of vowels. Vanna, I'd like an I. You know, imitate? Don't imitate evil? Imitate good? What I'm supposed to do? Fake good? Okay, see, I'm defiant. So when I start looking at things and studying them, I get a little snarky. And I, I take all the option roads, rabbit trails. I want fake good. Who wants fake good? I don't know, Scott. I'm not going to raise my hand because right there it tells me to have fake good. It says imitate good. How about, how about just be good, do good? Why not? Oh, <laughs> she tripped too. There are none righteous no not one none is good why do you call me good there is only one who is good jesus said that right so it's impossible for us to do good or be good but we can fake it i love that fake it till you make it you heard that before you know i don't feel like i love her today oh yeah fake it but it's inauthentic I want to be around authentic people. Well then, make sure she knows that you're not good, but you can fake it because she's worth it. I don't know, that feels a little weird, Scott. Well, it goes both ways, right? In fact, it usually goes more the other way. Wives faking that they got to kind of get along with him because he's grumpy pants after coming home from work or whatever. Um, why, why fake it? Why, why do things that you have yet to feel contrary to your current condition? I love this. Because just like we just found out, you know, the devil can't get me because there's no power outside of me because I can always choose God. There's also no condition of mine that precludes me from God where, well, you know, Scott, because you're this and that and well, you're less than. I hate that symbol in math. Less than. I love greater than, right? But there's no condition that I have ever been in or could be in. There's no condition that you have ever been in or can be in that can preclude you from God if you choose to see Him, to pursue Him. When you pursue Him, you never have to get there. Hey, we're going on a trip. Everybody load the car. Where are we going? Doesn't matter. We're going to enjoy the journey. Yeah, but where are we going to end up? Nowhere. Does that sound like a trip? Some of you are like, that sounds glorious. No plans. I just want to drive and just turn... But there's zero destination. Now the journey becomes the fun part. 
I better find some good sights to see and some activities to participate in, and there better be good food. This is your theological journey. You will never arrive at good. There is no destination that you get to finally be perfect, set, or as my dad used to say, I've arrived. You never can say that. And that's the way my dad would say it. It's like, you, you never have arrived. I love that because it means being good or doing good to perfection. If it is impossible, then I can enjoy faking it. I can get as close to good as possible and enjoy that I got as close as I could. Because here's the thing, no matter how close I get to good, Claudia, you're going to be good for this analogy. It's a physical one. You're going to be what good is. And when I'm, when I'm way over here, that's not good. And the closer I get to good, that's you. The, this is better, right? And I can keep doing that as much as I can. But will I ever be Claudia? No, but I can get as close to Claudia as possible without making her uncomfortable. Um, I can get to as close to good as possible, and yet I will always miss something. You're always going to mess something up a little bit. Julie's not here. Julie's my wife. I don't know. We're going to find out if she's listening, because we're going to tell the story of when she made pie at the holidays and forgot the sugar. <laughs> Here's the best part. Everybody took a piece and was starting to eat. Julie was, had been serving and cutting, and did it, so she got her piece last and sat down, very giving of her, and no one knew what to do. looking around where's the dog you know right and she finally takes a bite what's going on we're like oh we're hoping you could tell us because we're all paranoid right now scared to death to say anything because we don't know what happened she's like i think i forgot to put the sugar in the pie then you can't call it pie no more <laughs> right we call it waste at that point right? Landfill. Um, we're always going to miss something. We're always going to fall short. Praise God. Because perfect is no longer the standard anymore. <gasps> Whoa. So I'm going to fake it. I'm going to fake being good. Uh, I have to fake a lot because I, I tend to do bad stuff when I look away from God. Maybe you have that pattern too at times. But I want to be from God rather than miss seeing him. Demetrius, let's close this out, verse 12. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone. He apparently figured out how to do all this stuff. And from the truth itself, we also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had much to write to you, but I'd rather come see you face to face, right? I got stuff that I can write in, in pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends, each by name. Ooh, fun little 
add there at the end, each by name. When you use somebody's name, Lisa, how do they feel? She feels, she smiled, kind of. <laughs> now it's full, smile, right? It, you're acknowledging them. Think that works with God? You know, use his name and talk to him? Yeah. Uh, may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, imitate good. Imitating good. That's what we're supposed to do. How, how do we do it? How do we figure it out? I love that I've been freed... I've been freed from my condition. I've been freed from my destination. I no longer have to be perfect. So how do I, how do I pretend to be good? We think about what would a good person do in this situation, right? Um, let's let's look at some of the specific things that. Um, John says, I keep wanting to say Paul because most of the time when you're talking in the New Testament to Paul, but um, forgive my squirrel. Um, walk in God's biblical, universal truth. I love it. Did somebody guess that? I tried to make it easy. The universal was thinking that would kind of give it away, but I thought, well, maybe somebody might say studios. <laughs> walk in God's biblical universal truth. Um, he says, look, walk in the truth. I, For them, they understood this, and so he need not spell it out so much. But for us, in this current culture, in this age, what, a couple millennia since, um, walking in truth has to be defined. Biblical is where we get truth. Uh, his, God's, right? Where do we get God's truth? Well, we get it directly from Him. That's a little tougher. It's much easier to find if you can read it and find something and have it spelled out for you. And then universal. Why? What, why did I do that violent thing to you by calling your biblical truth universal? That's violence right there. I, I just, I put a big old boundary around truth and called it universal. What did I just do to you? Just took away all your options, all the objectivity. Right? Subjectivity. There's always truth. Temporal truth is is a thing or not? Is there truth that changes? Very seldom. Now, let's skip the exercise of trying to think of exceptions to the rule. Uh, but God says, no, these these truths are how I made the system. This is how my reality works. And my reality is the only reality. These are the building blocks of how life works. Period. And I, I heard um, I heard a statistic that uh, we've gotten to a place where over half of the population believes that truth 
is subjective. Whoa. Really? So it is okay. There is a time where it's okay to like stab somebody with a pencil. Because I'm pretty sure that's wrong. <laughs> I shan't be imitating that. All right. But walk in biblical universal truth. Um, that's a pretty lame statement for church. I mean, this is kind of a given. We all assume this, Scott. Did you really need to make it an outline fill in? Because I know. John said it, but are you just trying to fill in fill-ins so that you could be filled in and check off another sermon? Um, no. The way you do this is outside of self. Walking in truth can be taken the wrong way. Well, who's truth, Scott? Because I walk... 100% of the time in my own truth. And what's true for me is true for me. Hopefully you get that someday, Scott. Um, is that a bunch of malarkey? Absolutely. But we can get stuck in it very easily. It's what I'm comfortable, it's what I want, it's what I can afford, or it's going to make me money, you know. It's convenient. It feels good. No, no, no. Walking in truth comes from outside of you. That's why God's in there. That's why biblical's in there. And that's why universal's in there. Because you're none of the three. God, you're so mean today. No, that's actually three gifts. You're not God. Praise the Lord. Can you? I, I am responsible for too many things as it is. I'm trying to shed responsibilities and get them out of there um, I, I can't imagine being responsible and in control of so many other things because we established earlier that I am imperfect I would mess it up that fast well faster than that right um, I'm not biblical either I was looking for 2nd Scott chapter 12 I couldn't find it. I love that it's all out there already. And I never need generate anything. I simply need to go find it, cut, paste, and steal it. I'm imitating Bible. I'm not Bible. I'm imitating good. How do I do that? I get my authority and stuff from outside myself. I get it from Bible, I acknowledge God, and I recognize that there's a bunch of things that no matter my position on them, they are universal. I hate it when that happens. Because I want to control everything. And I can't. So I've been let off the hook. I love these three gifts. Wonderful. How do you do that? You do that with people around you. You do it by reading the Bible. You do it by praying. You do it by getting out of your comfort zone. You do it by faking good things best you can. And you get good things definition from God, Bible, and tradition of universal experience. Wow. Uh, verse 3 and 4, we see that. Let's go to number 2, fill in. Uh, good 
imitators, I forgot to preface this, these, all these fill-ins should be started with the phrase good imitators. This is what good imitators do. Good imitators support fellow workers in In Christ, thank you, Mr. Heitzman. I mean, Dave. <laughs> we support fellow workers in Christ. Do, do we support fellow workers when they go off the rails and make really bad decisions? When they imitate evil? No, but when they're in Christ, we support that. Well, what if I'm tired? I don't understand the question. We have, we have some... We have some people in this church that are exhausted, spent, and they show up every time. I would start naming names, but you might feel bad if I left yours out. <laughs> but we see it all the time. I send staff meeting every week, and almost every week, somebody in staff meeting says, you know, we have some amazing volunteers how do we make it better for them, easier for them? Are we pushing them too hard? The whole thing. And all I can think of is, wow, we've got supportive fellow workers. It's so great. Um, what's the key to being a supportive fellow worker in Christ? Well, you get outside yourself again. And the first set of fill-ins was outside yourself. How do you be a, a good imitator? You get outside yourself, you start do, figure out what someone else is doing and go help them. Figure out where the church is going and lend a hand. Everybody used to say, put two hands on the rope. Let's go. Support. See the two um, underlined words? I manufactured that one on purpose. Because when you support fellow workers in Christ, what are you actually doing? You support Christ when you do that. Because He's going somewhere and He's doing something all the time. Amen? Amen? And He wants you to do it. He need not require you be good. He just wants you to fake like you're good the best you can. Be an actor. I can't tell you how much I've loved this week thinking about that. I don't have to be good anymore. I just have to pretend to be good the best I can and choose it. Uh, that's number two. Number three, good imitators acknowledge God's authority. Acknowledge God's authority. Who's the authority, Dave? Christ. There you go. Good job. Um, God's the authority, which who'd we just um, dethrone? Gene. Gene goes like this. Yeah, Gene, you're sorry. You're not on the throne no more. You guys no longer need to listen to Gene. She just <laughs> dethroned herself. Um, what did Gene mean? Self. You got to dethrone self. And you got to dethrone everybody else. <laughs> I'm just the pastor. I have no authority. Can I get an amen? I'm just the pastor. I'm just the dad. I'm just the husband. What if I stopped having authority? Well, Scott, as I am your counselor, 
have you thought about this? Maybe you never had any authority. You were just imitating evil. That one hurt a little bit. How much control do you have? You have self-control. Outside of self, you're not an authority. And no one else is. How perfect of a system is that? Because now we got a super huge vacuum, vacuum at the throne of authority that can only be filled by Dave? Not Dave. Dave can't fill it. By God, right? By Christ. Acknowledge God's authority. How, how do you do that? Well, stop doing the stuff He said to stop doing. Try doing the stuff He says, do this. <laughs> stop going certain places. Physically, mentally, or on your computer. Or with your wallet. Just stop it. And get your tail over to the good places where you're supposed to be. Why? Because he's working on stuff. And he's the authority. Hey, we're all working over here. You're still in bed. Anybody ever had that kid? <laughs> I had three. Dude, we're all working. You're laying. What are you doing? Get up. Get over here. Leave me alone, Dad. Wow, do you realize what you just asked for? I can leave you alone. Give me the keys, the wallet, the ATM card, the clothes, the bed. You want me to leave you alone? Careful what you ask for, bud. Uh, make sure we never do that with God. Hey, Fred, let's go. By the way, Fred's the universal variable um, attender at Rock Bible Church. We're, we're Fred-free so far. 13 years. Love it. When we finally get a Fred, we're going to have to change. But for now, Fred's the default. Right? Fred, get over here. We're, we're working. Come on, let's go. I don't want to. I'm sorry. Did anything in what I said have to do with how you feel right now? I said, we're doing something. Get up. Let's go. That's what God says to Abraham. Get up and go. Where? Somewhere. Where's that? I'll tell you later. When's later? Later. So you just want me to get up and go? Yeah, you're a pretty smart kid, aren't you, <laughs> Abe? Sometimes we have, to, we have to acknowledge God's authority. And recognize this. When you crash, because it happens to the best of us, right? When you crash, there will be some fault in your acknowledging His authority that led to your crash. I... Hope that it's minor, so the wreck is less. <laughs> Acknowledge God's authority. My man, that's enough just by itself. Do we really need another few words in this? Are we going to qualify this even more? That was kind of heavy on its own. As it appears in variety. Why? Why variety? Does God have authority in different varieties? Watch this one. This will spin your head a little bit. I'm just a pastor. I'm, I'm not an authority in your life. And yet God might choose to use me as an authority in your life. <laughs> what? How can they both be true at the same time? 
Try work sometimes. My mom is not an authority in my life. And my mom is an authority in my life. God's going to show up in different ways and use different things. It might be the nice officer who pulls you to the side. No, sign here. No more of that. God can show up in many, many different ways. In fact, it's said that he moves in mysterious ways. Why does he do that to us? Let's skip to the end. To show us he's in charge and he's the authority. And we want him to show up in a variety of ways because I'm scared to death of what would happen in an area if he were not the authority in that area. I've had many things fall apart in my life. Right? We'll go there for just a couple seconds. Parents got divorced. Yeah, that was fun. Let's do that never again. How about parents went through bankruptcy? Yeah, that was fun. Let's not never do that again. Right? How about family member that hits a tree with his truck, wraps the engine around the tree, and we can't even get in through because the cops won't let us get to the thing because the ambulance guy's like, if you got the mom there, don't in any way let her through in here. I hate when stuff falls apart. I need God to show up in more than a variety of ways. What's the word I want? Starts with always. Always. Hey God, can you show up? Always. <laughs> I love that. Um, why appears? Because sometimes it looks like authority. Sometimes it doesn't. Those are the easy ways. Sometimes you're, you're like 51% sure God's doing something. So it appears to be Him exercising authority in a variety in the moment. How do you figure that one out? Um, you call Scott really quick. <laughs> Hey, do you got a verse for this? No, no, what, what you do is you venture that direction and you test the spirits and hold on to what's good and the whole time you fake it. Did you say pray about it? Pray about it. Try it. Find out if someone else has. Find out if someone else crashed and burned doing it. Find someone older and wiser. Find somebody with more wrinkles and ask them what they think. It's a great, great policy, right? Um, because, your two underlined words, authority appears. You're there, and then bam, all of a sudden, what just happened? Right? Coming out of the meeting on the third floor, and you're taking the elevator back down to the first floor. What just happened in that meeting? Authority appears. Showed up. You're out of line. How fast can you Course correct. Okay, without, um, well, it was really saw three of them. We won't get into what they were doing wrong, but one of the monkeys, I use that in the most wonderful terms, and also all my kids were in Kristen Ambrose's preschool classroom, which was called the monkeys, so I've just kept the name. Um, they were out of line. They were in front of Julie and I, 
ensuing discussion began, and my sister's there, okay? Uh, praise God for my parents' divorce, because dad got remarried, and I got two extra sisters out of it. Love that. She went through full medical school and uh, is now a doctor. She's watching the children discuss with their parents, failing to realize that mom and dad are always right and the kids are always wrong. Uh, they were pretty out of line, and my sister, Mendy, love her to death, she says, hey, kids, repeat after me. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll do better next time. I'll do better next time. And I looked at that and heard it, and I thought, Mendy, what was that? Um, that's the best thing to say to a doctor when you're a resident and you messed up. Never explain, never complain, never excuse. It's simply, you're right, I'm sorry, I'll do better next time. My kids adopted that policy for a little while. They've forgotten it, I'm hoping to reintroduce it to the family. <laughs> Find a way to do that. Um, uh, God is always right. We are always sorry. And he wants us to do better next time. Do you need to be perfect? No, but you need to at least imitate good. Especially when some type of his authority shows up. Last one. Uh, good imitators welcome with a healthy soul. Welcome with a healthy soul. It says, welcome the believers when they come. Hey, you guys did a good job. They came. You helped them. They didn't take anything from the Gentiles. And then you set them on the way, supported. Yeah, the other guy, Diathesis. Remember, he didn't welcome. And then tried to kick people out of the church who wanted to welcome. It says, we need to be welcoming. Some of you need to tell your face. I was somewhere the other day. And it was concentrating intently it's hard to do for me and it changes my face yeah I kind of I'm thinking and my face is like this because I'm thinking and then I realize there's a person and they're they look uncomfortable and I'm thinking what's wrong with them rather than re remembering there's something wrong with me I'm doing thinking face and they're like, What's, what, is he mad? Is mad? And they actually asked me a question about my condition. And I woke up. Um, um, by the way, I'm one, one trick pony. Is that what you call me? Yeah. I, I can only think about one thing at a time. I just, I can't multitask. Which is great, because when a kid's crying in church, I just keep preaching, because I'm already doing my one thing. I have no space for the crying baby. Anyways, where was I? Oh, I finally looked at him and said, oh, I'm fine. And I changed my, I changed my face. I, I just smiled a little bit and acknowledged them and started talking about their thing. I like, now they're there. They weren't there. They were there, but they weren't there before. And I finally figured out how to welcome them in, right? And we welcome with a healthy soul. He says, I hope your experience goes well so that you're healthy because it's good for your soul. That's verses uh, one and two, I think, or two it was. Um, 
Because we want to get to a healthy place. Why? Because when we're in a healthy place and we're welcoming towards other people, which, by the, by the way, is also outside of ourselves, then what we're doing is we're, both underlying words, we're welcoming souls in them. What's your deep soul? Whoa. It's a deep question. And what if you approached people with their soul in mind and you approached them with your soul? Your heart. Warmth. Inviting. Encouraging. Empathetic. And what's that thing we, um, we say when we build people up? Ed was named after it. Edify. Edification. Blessing. You know, imitators of good get outside themselves. I start finding ways to do all the little things that they have to fake. They have to imitate. Why? Because it's against their nature. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of of God. You will never have the glory of God, but you can approach it. Be an actor. Be an actress. Fake your way through. You'll get better at it. What if you could get an acting award for imitating good? How cool would that be? Um, I love Third John because it's it's nice, it's quick, it's fifteen verses, and we're done, <laughs> and it was clear, very simple. Hey, look, do this. Be as good as you can, knowing that you'll never be good. We call it imitating good. Get outside yourself and do the God stuff. Look for him. Look at him. Talk to him. Talk about him. And then get, get involved in his work. See where it takes you. Amen? I went up to a retreat and I met a bunch of guys I'd never met before. I just started talking about God. I gave them a super fast four sermon recap of all of First Samuel <laughs> in four sermons. And we just we just started connecting. told them some stories, personal things, and da 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 and we, we start connecting. All of a sudden, they're coming up after sermon's over. They want to ask me all kinds of questions. I'm going through third divorce. I need direction. You know, all that kind of stuff. It's wonderful. Because then the people become real. And they're in front of you. And you're welcoming them. And it's when soul meets soul. kind of wanted to name the sermon today when soul meets soul but it felt like a little bit out there I thought imitating good would kickstart us a little bit but that's just me let's pray and we'll be on our way uh, for some of you if you've never thought of it that way that, that you can just fake because you've always thought being fake being an imposter, an impersonator, that those are all bad. They're only bad when they're not what you are. When God says, 
you are an imposter of good, an impersonator of good, you are an imitator of good, then that is who you are, and you can do that. Where do you need to bring good into life, into your experience, into your communities, your areas? Where do you need to bring good in, whether it's super authentic or if it's just forced, because that's the best you can do for with? And for some of you, if you've never started that relationship with God where you realize, ah, I need to submit to your authority. I need to realize that you're actually there. You're alive and well. You've proved who you are and your ability and your love for us through your son, Jesus. And say, I accept that from this day forward. Maybe you need to do that today because there, there ain't no faith in good. Till you look to God. There's only evil outside of looking at Him. If that's your decision this morning, man, you can raise your hand, stand up, you can wait till the end and talk to me later, but you say that prayer to God today. For the rest of us, Lord, uh, get, take out the best in us and help us to provide it, present it to you and to those around us. We thank you for the offering that we're about to receive and the way you provide for your church. And we thank you for all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> May you be good at imitating good. Amen? Amen. Go with him. <laughs>